Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Welcome to Bet the Edge on this Friday, June the 24th. It's a summer Friday edition. Bet the Edge powered by points. But thanks to those of you watching along on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. He is the whale capper, Drew Dinsick. I am Matt Bernier filling in for Sarah Perlman. A busy show here on this Friday. Head trader at points bet. Jake Croucher will stop by to recap where betters won big after a wild, wild NBA draft. The day, the evening, the whole night. It's been chaos. We'll talk about it all. Uh, Jay will also detail the liability in Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final tonight between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Avs looking to earn their first Stanley Cup since 2001. And Bet the Edge researcher Johnny Venezia will join the show to handicap the College World Series happening this weekend out in Omaha. All that and more on today's edition of Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Drew, first things first, uh, I I heard you had uh, quite the evening, a, a successful evening purely on the NBA draft. Is this accurate? Yeah, no, last night made my week, made my month, made my year. <laughs> like That was as good of a possible outcome as we ever could have had. Uh, Paolo going first, um, you know, that was the most liquid market. That was really the only way to get bets of size down on the NBA draft. And, uh, you know, the entire process to me was about uncertainty and, you know, the idea that there was ever, um, you know, kind of some ironclad, um, you know, firming of the decision making in the front office there until the very last moment. I just never bought into it, and uh, you know, thankfully picked the right horse. It happened to be the horse with the longest odds. Um, but you, as a horse guy, know when there's a three horse race and the margins are slim, but one of them is priced twenty to one. There's only one bet to be had, and yes. that is basically the way that this broke. And yep. you know, frankly. Um, you know, ha- happy for everyone who tailed us, who was involved, uh, you know, all of our partners and everybody um, happy for all the, uh, you know, the folks that, uh, you know, did all the hard work on this. Um, and uh, yeah, hope we get to do this again next year. For those of you who may have missed everything somehow, if you're living under a rock, Vancaro <laughs> goes one to Orlando, Check goes two to OKC, Jabari Smith Jr. goes three to Houston, Keegan Murray from Iowa goes four to Sacramento. Maybe that was a little bit of a surprise, depending on how you wanted to look at it. And Jaden Ivey rounds out the top five going to Detroit. Detroit's been very busy over the past few days, making a number of moves. Uh, Jeremy Grant moved out. Uh, Bancaro, I think one of the interesting sort of nuggets uh, from the Bet the Edge research team that I was taking a look at, uh, Duke sets a school record. For most players drafted in NBA draft, they had four players in the first round. Uh, Mark Williams goes 15th. A.J. Griffin goes 16th. Wendell Moore Jr. goes 26th. And then Trevor Keels goes in the second round of the Knicks. Um, I mean, you know, for a team that was that stacked that we saw them, you know, look as good as they did in the, in the uh, NCAA tournament in March, um, it is still kind of one of those things that you look back and you go, how did they not win? Yeah. <laughs> how did they not win? 
I mean, I, not to point fingers and Coach K, you know, tremendous career. But <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it was, uh, it, you, in order to win the NCAA tournament, it's one and done. You need a little luck. Uh, yes. And they ran, you know, they, they ran hot, but then ran into a hotter team in UNC in the final four. Uh, and that even that game, if you remember, came down to some free throws yeah. and a ball, you know, and, and, and a missed shot. And that was it. And, uh, you know, when the when the narrow when the margins are that narrow, um, you know, it's it's understandable in hindsight. But boy, oh, boy, was that a stacked team. And uh, and, you know, outside of the betting side of things, loved the pick for Orlando. Paolo, in my opinion, was the best prospect in this draft. I don't know that there was a huge margin uh, between him and the next best guy, but uh, I love that fit for that team. And I think he's going to have a great career. Well, we've touched on it a little bit, but let's bring in uh, head trader at PointsBet, Jay Crocker, to talk about the NBA draft, all things, but specifically the top three. Dr Jay, thanks for joining us. I'm curious, you know, it sounds like Drew scored out. Uh, we saw the numbers on Bancaro and Smith just going all over the place for the days leading into the draft. Uh, just reflect a little bit on the past few days and last night in general as far as PointsBet is concerned. Yeah, I think it's kind of a historic sports betting event, to be honest, with how the market moved, you know, so drastically, particularly over the last 36 hours leading up to the actual draft. And, you know, it's, and those are the only type of markets that are really going to move like that, to be honest, because you're not going to have lines and totals going that way, because these markets are, they're traded off of information and tweets and rumors, and it's all about, you know, being the best version of Adrian Wojnarowski that you can be. And uh, <laughs> on this occasion, you know, the sharp bettors who moved the market, particularly the night before the draft, um, you know, they beat Woj, um, which is, it's just not an easy thing to do. And typically you're going to be on the wrong side of that. But, you know, certainly uh, this was a pretty monumental uh, betting event. Um, and yeah, I think the thing to really, I guess, take away from this is that when there are organizations who are tight-lipped, and there's no consensus on who is the best prospect at a particular spot, then you have to look at the outsiders, like Drew said. Uh, because, you know, I, I really go back to last year where no one knew that Oklahoma City were taking Josh Giddy. There was no buzz about that. And they just took him and it happened because they're really tight-lipped. <laughs> and Orlando as well, uh, you know, Weltman gave his speech about, you know, how how proud he was how nothing had gotten out and it was it was so smug it was almost an indicator that <laughs> they weren't going to be taking the guy that was minus 400 in the market at the time uh and so i think that's just something to to think about is that there's often no certainty um with particular organizations i think you nailed it I think that's you can clip that, put it in, uh, you know, put it in the teaching people how to bet the exotic markets book, because that is exactly the way it went. And I ended up on Paolo, not because I am well connected and had some nugget of information or somebody leaked, but literally what you said, Weltman was smug, which to me was a clear sign that it wasn't Smith. Uh, and, you know, Chet, for what it was worth, you know, the, all of those rumors over the weekend that he wasn't sharing medicals with Orlando, that there was something going on there. Like, you know, that was the two the two guys that were lined 50 50, uh, basically, uh, you know, both had huge red flags that they were ultimately going to be taken by the organization. And so it was it, 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 uh, uh, it I'm glad it worked out. But, uh, you know, the puzzle pieces were there in hindsight, frankly, I think um, I think one other element, too, is that a real smoking gun. For us and why we were best price Jabari all of yesterday is 
when Jake Fisher tweeted out that Orlando had finally gotten hold of Paolo Banquero on Wednesday, that was a big indicator to me. Like, if they're so set on Jabari Smith and it's dumb, like everyone else is reporting, <laughs> why are they desperately reaching out to Paolo Banquero the day before the draft? Uh, yes. So that's just another thing I think, look, you've just got to sift through and you can't just take, you know, blanket statements um from newsbreakers necessarily you know they're going to be right most of the time but you know sometimes they're wrong and when they're wrong you know yeah. you can profit off it yeah do you, you get the sense that number two chet was always they that was always their guy or do you think some of the uh kind of last minute like they had just done enough due diligence on chet and didn't do enough on smith and that influenced okay okc at all yeah, I mean, look, we lost money on that because Chet was the favorite there and everyone thought, you know, I think in the public that Chet was going there and we were kind of fading that just on the basis that no one ever knows what Oklahoma City is doing and we're happy to lay a minus 600 favorite at any time on someone going to <laughs> Oklahoma City. Uh, so we lost on that. The public won on that. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what the background is. I guess in theory, he is a very good fit just because they don't have, you know, that big man uh potential star prospect uh, that previously, and now they compare him with Giddy and SGA, and now they've got their core. Uh, but yeah, OKC, um, <laughs> I think that there will be, if OKC get a number one pick in the future, and they're probably not now because they've got too much talent, but that's when you back the long shots, I think, yep. uh, because who knows what they're going to do. Were there any other notable victories last night for the public in terms of the draft? And I guess looking forward into next season, any insight on the potential rookie of the year market at this point? Yeah, so two of the big wins for the public, Keegan Murray going forward to Sacramento, uh, Ochai Baji going to Cleveland. And they were all always heavily rumored, but it's just a little bit difficult from a bookmaking perspective where even if you're going to be you know, around worse price on those guys, you know, there's only when you're talking about picks that are outside of the top three and there's no absolute consensus in the marketplace and there's only so short you can go. Uh, and so people were just, you know, Drew, you talked about it. If there was an obvious team of, you know, leaking out who they're going to pick and they end up taking that pick at Sacramento uh, and that's how it went. So that would probably be some potential advice for next year is whoever is publicly linked with Sacramento, just bet on them taking them because that's how it goes. And then in the rookie of the year market, Look, I think this is still in flux. Uh, obviously, the draft only happened last night and, you know, the market will feel its way out. At the moment, Bancaro, he is the favourite and I think that lines up with, you know, even people who didn't think that he was going one or to Orlando thought that he has the most polished offensive game. He's the guy who can come in and do the most. Uh, Jabari Smith as well, I think he probably has a better chance to win Rookie of the Year on Houston than he would have on Orlando, um, just because I think he's a bit of a cleaner fit there offensively. But look, looking at the odds right now, and this will shake out, if I had to bet someone at the moment, I would bet Chet Holmgren, uh, just because he's going to get he's going to get the playing time. He's going to be more efficient than the other guys, and he's also going to have the defensive impact. And maybe, maybe voters don't value defensive impact as much, particularly when OKC aren't going to be a playoff team, but... At the same time, I think Paolo might have some issues with efficiency. And also, there's actually a few mouths to feed in Orlando now. Yeah. We've got yeah. Suggs, you've got Cole Anthony, you've got Franz Wagner, who never gets talked about, but is really good. Um, so I think that Paolo, he might struggle to put up big numbers and do it efficiently. Uh, so if I was looking at the market right now, I'd be looking at Smith and Holmgren uh, as potentially the two movers. 
Not crazy. Uh, Franz, Franz Wagner was all NBA rookie first team. Uh, so he is getting a little bit of recognition out there, but he had a great season. Really was quite solid offensively, especially last rookie of the year to come from Duke, of course, Kyrie Irving, who was in the news yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, My man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you now kind of go from following draft intel to immediately trying to figure out where Irving and Durant are going to play next season because that obviously impacts the future market. But we will save that for another day when we know how the chips will fall. Um, Stanley Cup Game 5 looks to be the end of this series based on the way the market is shaping up. Um, can you give us any hope that we're going to see uh, an extended series here or are you guys preparing to uh, kind of, uh, you know, dole out some uh, some winning bets to your Colorado betters? Yeah, I mean, maybe it goes another game, maybe it goes two, but at the end of the day, the, the Avalanche are minus 1250 to win the series uh, at the moment. So expecting that they will wrap it up. I think that actually there is a perception that the series is is closer than it's actually been as well, um, despite it being 3-1. Because uh, I think that, you know, Colorado, they dominated game one. After the first period of game four, they absolutely dominated that. And if Tampa was going to win that game, they would have had to steal it late. Uh, where Colorado, they've had... They've had the balance of play. Uh, Vasilevsky, who has, has gotten better but hasn't looked like the dominant force that he was. I think Kucherov is banged up. Braden Point is banged up to the point of hasn't been playing and may not play tonight. So uh, it's not looking good for the Lightning. Can never count them out. Obviously, they've got a lot of talent uh, at the heart of a champion, which you can't dismiss as we saw with the Golden State Warriors. But I think that Colorado, they just have more talent, particularly with getting Kadri back. You know, coming back home uh, and look, now they're minus 186. They've firmed uh, on the money line. So anticipating that it might be pretty loud uh, outdoors tonight in uh, in Denver, where I am. Um, but who knows? Hopefully for the sake of, uh, sake of us getting more handle, getting more attention, just another kind of event as well to look forward to. I hope that the series does extend. Uh, also lose a lot of money if Colorado would lift the cup. Um, <laughs> but uh, I suspect that the Avs will probably close it out tonight. It's been a disappointing series for someone like me who backed Tampa and just thought that, you know, top to bottom, they were a better team specifically because of the goaltending. And Jay, you alluded to it. Vasilevsky's been a little bit better, but he hasn't taken that sort of market step forward that I expected him to earlier in the series. Uh, and I guess now if you're trying to take a look at the, the market, is there any kind of a, a buy low point right now? I mean, the, Tampa to win the series is at plus 750, but you take a look at the Consmite situation. I mean, this feels like it's Kale McCarr's trophy assuming Colorado gets the job done and I think you know kind of going back to go forward what you had mentioned you brought up Golden State with that sort of championship pedigree I, I go back to that NBA finals at the very end Boston just looked like a tired team I, I mean that's exactly what Tampa looked like on on Wednesday night especially in overtime it just looked like they didn't have any kind of legs and Colorado was buzzing around out there um, look, I've had basically everything wrong about this series so far. I have a hard time seeing this thing getting past tonight, but do you see any kind of value out there in any of these markets? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point. It's kind of roles reversed from the NBA finals where you've got the champion team in this series that looks like the, the tired team. And yeah, they did look tired. They looked absolutely done. And I think that the thing to remember there is that if they don't have Braden Point, he's their third best skater. They don't have potentially don't have a fully fit Kucherov after he was maimed by Devin Taves uh, in the, a couple of games ago. And so they just don't seem to have the, the force and the energy 
they did look incredible in the first period uh, in game four, but might be some parallels to how the Celtics came out in game six where they took a 14-2 lead and you're just firing your best shot early. And then Colorado, they gradually got the run of play. I think if you're looking at the con Smythe, um, I've been touting this guy all playoffs and it's looking pretty grim now, but I would look at Kucherov just because, you know, he does have very long odds and he is clearly leading the team in points and he has been you know, potentially their best player over this three-year run. And if they do come back and win the cup and he leads the team in points with a significant margin, then you'd expect that he would get the tiebreak uh, and that he might he might come out on top the same time he didn't look very good last game. So on the Tampa side, he would be the guy that I would look at, even though Vasilevsky's performance is probably more correlated to Tampa winning uh, in these last three games. And then... Look, it's hard to be too excited about value at minus 667, but uh, <laughs> I think that Kyle McCarr is pretty close to a lock to yeah. win the Conn Smythe. McKinnon just hasn't put up the big scoring numbers in the Stanley Cup finals, and I think that McCarr was the rightful favorite coming in for Colorado, and he's only strengthened his case. So unless the series really extends or unless McKinnon scores a hat-trick tonight, which isn't out of the question... I think that McCall will probably lock it up. So might be some parlay fodder there at the minus six, six, seven. I agree with you. And like you say, Kucherov seems to be the straw that stirs the drink for Tampa. I guess at this point, if Vasilevsky stands on his head for the final three games and they make some sort of epic comeback, maybe 20 to one is something you can nimble on. But I agree with you. It seems a little bit uh, far-fetched at this point to really expect too much the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. You can follow Jay on Twitter at CroucherJD. I give you a peek behind the counter every week at points, but as well as share his unique insight into just about any market you can think of. Jay, thank you as always. Thanks, guys. A pleasure. Have a great weekend. Well, we and will. Just, <laughs> just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball on the PGA Tour and the NASCAR circuit. Yeah, I, Drew, I mean, it's just, I, I wish I had more to say about the Stanley Cup final. It's been a very underwhelming <clears throat> performance from Tampa as someone yeah. who has backed them heavily <clears throat> leading into it. I really thought that the edge and goal was going to be the difference maker, and I need to, a bit of a mea culpa, I basically dumped on Darcy Kemper on Wednesday on Bet the Edge Game Time. He, he was fantastic on Wednesday. I think he really was a difference maker. And to Jay's point, especially in that first period, I thought he really kept things in check. Give credit where credit's due. Kemper answered the bell. Yeah, and I think um, you hit on a bunch of key points on your breakdown, and I agreed with basically everything you said. And now we have two seasons in NBA and the NHL that are coming to an end where I think the same general um, takeaway can be made, which was, the previous two years were compressed and were extremely tough on all of these athletes. And, you know, at some point, the amount of time spent on the ice by the Tampa Bay Lightning overall was going to come home to roost. And it has happened in this series. And I think you can say similarly for Boston Celtics, uh, you know, the team just ran out of gas, um, you know, at the end of the at the end of their run there. And, um, you know, that's what we're seeing now with the Lightning. At least that's the way it feels. Especially with Tampa, too. Uh, we're not talking about a, a bunch of spring chickens out there. I mean, this, yeah, this is a, right. a veteran-laden group, and, and uh, Jay also alluded to the fact that they seem like they're re relatively dinged up at this point. So we'll find out. Maybe they can pull a rabbit out of the hat, or Vasilevsky can you know, stand on his head. But things <laughs> certainly look uh, dire if you are a fan of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, one 888 3500 in Virginia, 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. Let's pivot from the ice to the diamond specifically in Omaha. We'll bring in Johnny Venezia to talk a little bit about the College World Series, the championship series, starts on Saturday with Game 1. Oklahoma listed at minus 110, Ole Miss at minus 115. The over-under is at 12. Johnny, what are we looking at on Saturday? Hey, guys, good to be back with you. I really couldn't sleep last night, and I wasn't sure if it was because I had 37 espresso <laughs> martinis or just because I was super excited to come on. But, uh, yeah, man, let's get right into it. Listen, we got the Oklahoma Sooners, an absolute wagon with a couple of show ponies like Peyton Graham, Tanner Treadaway, uh, John Spikerman. You know what? I want to go this direction here. The winner of Arkansas winning Wednesday's game versus Ole Miss was Oklahoma because on Thursday it forced both teams to have to burn their aces, which now – heavily aligns in favor of Oklahoma with the pitching because now they have all of their guys on full rest. They get to throw lefty ace Jake Bennett on Saturday against probably freshman lefty Hunter Elliott. Now, the big thing that I love about Oklahoma in this matchup on Saturday is because Ole Miss just does not hit lefties that well. They're significantly worse against the left-handed pitchers, about 20, 25 points lower. And we're not even talking about how 
good Jake Bennett has been lately. I mean, he's won his last six starts. He locked down a save against Florida in the regionals. Over his last seven appearances, he's got 14 earned runs, 43 Ks, only seven walks and 40.1 innings pitch. So I really love what I'm looking at in Oklahoma. I like it. So Ole Miss took a loss yesterday, not getting Arch Manning. I don't know if you guys saw that news yeah, kind of slide on there yeah. right before the NFL draft, but Arch Manning heading to Texas, foregoing is his. Texas back? Uh, yeah, is Texas back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ole Miss, uh, you think uh, in, in looking a little bit in trouble here against Oklahoma, do you think that makes sense then to back a series price for uh, Oklahoma effectively to win this championship? Absolutely. I mean, I've been... I mean, I remember I came on the show a few weeks ago, as you probably remember, and the Sooners were my were my dark horse coming in. They were 60 to one on points bet. I thought that was a wrong price. It was totally outraged. They were one of the hottest teams coming in and they're 12 and two uh, in their last 14 games since the Big 12. I mean, they were just an absolute thoroughbred juggernaut. They like I said. 145 steals, fourth most in the NCAA. That puts tremendous pressure on them. I don't think Ole Miss is going to be able to handle that running game. And at a plus 105 price that you get Oklahoma, I think the market's just a little over-exaggerating on Ole Miss, like a little recency bias based off Dylan Zaluccia's shutdown performance, pitching the game of his life yesterday to send his team to the finals. So I absolutely like the futures price if you haven't gotten involved at plus 105 because it's definitely a lot better value than probably going game by game. Oklahoma, I think, certainly makes plenty of sense, especially at this price. Uh, worth noting, if Ole Miss gets the job done here, state of Mississippi kind of dominating college baseball <laughs> the past couple of years. Mississippi State last year, Ole Miss right. maybe this year. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see how things shake out. Johnny, thank you for your time. You can follow Johnny on Twitter, at underscore JohnnyVTV. Make sure to read more. It was College World Series Handicap on NBCSportsEdge.com. Good luck this weekend, Johnny. Thanks, guys. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Mets take on the Marlins in Miami on Sunday, June 26th at 11 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. My buddy Ahmed Farid will be down there with that. Hopefully I'll see him next weekend when we are at Churchill Downs. That could be a little bit of a tip-off from my edge of the day. But First things first, we have to go to the hot hand. Drew Dinsick, whale capper after a giant night. Last night, big score, Apollo. What are we doing here on Friday afternoon? Well, so the way that it goes when you uh, when you get a big score like that, you wake up the next day and you f look at the Wimbledon draw and you immediately start grinding tennis. <laughs> it's just just right back into the just right back into the uh, the grind. Uh, Wimbledon, of course, is coming up starting on Monday. Um, the one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Not not even close. Love tennis on grass. It's entertaining as can be. Uh, and uh, we have a draw. Uh, I don't have any futures bets for you because I think the prices are already kind of moved, uh, you know, into the right range generally. But I will tell you that Eastbourne, uh, which is, of course, the warm up uh, grass tournament that is conducted at the British Seaside, uh, is entering its final here. We have uh, a women's final between Petra Kvitova and Yelena Ostapenko. Ostapenko, uh, both of these women, of course, are slam champions in years past. Ostapenko won the French Open, Kvitova a uh, multiple-time Wimbledon winner. Um, and, uh, you know, both have 
shown a lot of quality, frankly, on this run-up. I did not expect Kvitova to give us much of a uh, positive sign here as she has had a rough 2022 overall, but she has looked good. Um, Ostapenko right now minus 136 on the money line. I can't get there price-wise. This is a dead even match. Uh, I think the over, there's a number way to attack, number of ways to attack this. If this is a 50-50 match, you could play over 22 games, 21 and a half right now is available in points bet at minus 129. That's a bettable number. My fair price is 25, 25 and a half games, excuse me here. I think we're going to see multiple tie breaks in this match. Uh, and I think uh, this could potentially go three sets. But so basically over two and a half sets, over 22 games, uh, or Petra Kvitova on the money line at a plus 106 price. All very, very fair bettable numbers by my books. The uh, the most liquid market to get involved with will be the money line. Kvitova is your prospective champion uh, and uh, wins Eastbourne, heads into Wimbledon with a little bit of uh, momentum. So Petra Kvitova money line, edge of the day, and uh, looking forward to that uh, final in Eastbourne. I dig it. You gotta, you gotta tail the hot hand at this point. You know, go on with it, Drew. Feeling good. Hopefully, I can. Hopefully, I can add a little bit of something. We're talking about grass with Wimbledon. I'm gonna be talking about grass with horses. Uh, ch- change up a Do little it. bit. No, no baseball here this afternoon. We're gonna be talking <laughs> about horses. Uh, also, selfless or shameless self promotion. Next Saturday, Churchill Downs Breeders' Cup Challenge Series for Eastern NBC. We'll be down there checking out the Stephen Foster handicap. But today. We're going to be looking at Belmont Park on the grass, race number eight, the eight horse at eight to one on the morning line. Crazy eights on Friday. Timbuktu. The <laughs> horse's name is Timbuktu. Going a mile and an eighth on the turf, trained by Brad Cox, making his second start of the season, second, third start of his career. I thought the return effort at Belmont was fine enough. He got stacked up a little bit at the top of the lane, didn't really have anywhere to run. The top two horses that set the pace, they set a moderate tempo, kicked on, finished well clear, but I thought Timbuktu ran on well at the end. To suggest that he needed that one. He'll be a tighter version with Manny Franco aboard here this afternoon. And I think we get a forward move. The key is going to be the pace scenario. It depends. New York is historically a circuit that the riders, especially on grass, take their sweet time on the front end. They back it down and it makes it very difficult for horses coming from off the pace to make up enough ground to run them down in deep stretch. If there is a little bit of pace with the move forward off the bench for Brad Cox, I think Timbuktu in race eight at Belmont at eight to one on the morning line is worth a play. I don't know that we're going to get eight to one at post time. Maybe you get five or six just because of the connections involved. This is a Calumet horse as well. But uh, I think Timbuktu is an interesting play here uh, this afternoon. But really, again, uh, you know, shameless self-promotion. Next weekend is a big weekend. I think you can all want to take take a look at that race at, at Churchill Downs. Potentially some horses who could be running in the Breeders' Cup Classic at the end of the year. We may even see Mandaloon, who is the official now. Kentucky Derby winner from last year via disqualification. I love this, man. The crazy eights is the best part of this for sure. <laughs> um, Timbuktu, eight letters, Brad H. Cox, oh. eight, eight letters. Like this is uh the synergy is a little wild here, but yeah, the, eight... the, the stars are lying. <laughs> the stars are lying. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, let's go Timbuktu. This is fantastic. All right. Good stuff. Hopefully we can get uh, everybody out of here on a winning note leading into the weekend with all of your plays. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com. You'll have all the information you need to know after you're done listening to us to continue helping you with your wagers. Thanks to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. And again, don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Best of luck with your plays today and over the weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 